Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this will be our marvelous review of Thor, The Dark World. Mm, I have nothing. Spoilers. At the time of this recording, we're getting prepared for Thor, Love and Thunder. Previous review with me and Kimberly, we did Thor. We, we saw it. We liked it. It was quite entertaining. I felt it. I don't know if you... Have you seen the original Thor? Uh, I haven't caught up. On, no, honestly, I haven't caught up, but I was going to like watch it out of order, the original Thor again, right before I watched yeah. the, the next one. Truth be told, going by memory, I was never that big a fan of the original Thor mm. in, in comparison to the Marvel lineup. Uh, now, granted, if I rewatch it, that could change, you know, sometimes it hits you differently later in life, but right, of course, off of nostalgia, it wasn't uh, one of my tops. I can see why. I found it very quick for being almost a two hour movie. I mean, this yeah. was uh, when well, Marvel was first doing their movies of introduction, so they weren't really breaking two hours a lot, also. No, I, I understand, but what I'm saying is that uh, it was an origin, not an origin story, but an intro to Thor in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like it was more of an origin story, if you will, with Molinier. I keep saying it. Molinier. Mjolnir. There we go. I kept saying it like. Or like that one, one of the girls, like Mew Mew. Right. But Mjolnir, that. Mjolnir. In a sense that Odin cast the spell on Mjolnir to whoever's worthy will be Thor. Will be the entitled, right? But we already had Thor. The hammer is already connected to him, but he wasn't deemed worthy as we come to know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mythology. Very little action in the first one. In comparison to here, there's a lot of action. It's a big jump. And where I find it kind of interesting that people rank this as pretty low in comparison to the first one. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy this movie i do enjoy the dark lord the dark world it's entertaining it's as uh, comedic moments as some touching moments especially with frigga or death Mm -hmm. the pace is good you have the 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 people returning you have crims uh chris hemsworth Mm -hmm. natalie portman tom hiddleston stellan skosgaard anthony hopkins jamie alexander essentially all the uh, main stars from the first one right except for zachary levy AKA Shazam, he replaced the original guy. Vendral, uh, yes. Which was uh, also a meme joke because the, the oh, they replaced him with a guy that no one ever recognized that they replaced. It was like it was like when they replaced uh, War Machine. They everybody knew War Machine was replaced. You could tell night and day. But this guy they, like yeah. you watch it, if no one mentioned the actor's name, you honestly wouldn't know. And Idris Elba, Renee Russo. They all come back. Um, Kat Dennings. And a lot of these have bigger parts. Hemdell has a bigger part in this one. Warrior 3. Is it the Warrior 3 or Heroic 3? It's the Warriors 3. I, I called them Heroic 3 in the previous one. <laughs> they have a bigger part, like I said. This movie gave me more than it did in the previous. You see the relationship with Loki and Thor how they're always butting heads and why and you can understand that dynamic the frustration the because they didn't really capture that well in the first one if i'm going by memory and you can correct me in the first one i never got as strong as a familiarity or family bond 
of two siblings uh growing up like yeah they they were together and whatnot but there was a very distant gap between the two of them uh where here in dark world and granted it expanded more in ragnarok but in dark world there was that little bit of when they are starting to work together there's that give and take more like when he's escaping through like i'm just gonna jump around into it when they're escaping in the spaceship and like uh he's like "Ah, you said you knew how to fly this thing he's like i just how said how hard it could be it's like well you may be not pressing the buttons hard enough it's like I'm pressing all the buttons and they're just going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And they're just going back and forth. And you, you can see like there's slight humor in the fact that they're going back and forth. But it's like they've done this all their lives and it's always been that kind of way. And they get along. And like mm-hmm. even when they have like a really tense argument, Thor pulls back. He's like, mother wouldn't want us to fight. And she's like, but he won't, she wouldn't be surprised. And yeah, they, I mean, this. I mean, granted, this movie takes place after... The first Avengers film. True. Where Loki and Thanos' army invades New York mm-hmm. and it gets botched. And the Bifrost is all fixed from the first film. You can see there's emotion there. Better dis- or there's a better display of emotion from Loki. Better display of emotion from Thor. What's happening, especially with the death of Frigga. And how Thor was Odin's son. And Loki's was Frigga's son. You know, it was like, you know, that bond yeah. that they had. Even though she, he, he wasn't son by blood, she definitely right. saw him as her own son. Uh, so right. it, it was like an equal love between her, and, uh, between Loki and Thor from her, where it was very apparent that Odin had favoritism. Odin, uh, like, historically does have love for Loki, but at the same time, historically... Well, of course, right does have a favorite yeah i mean every parent has a favorite even though i say oh i love each one of you equally but we know yeah. come on we know we know who's mom's favorite <laughs> we know well and, so, and, uh, i say this for odin's part because it's both in, displayed in the comics and in the show uh, in the movie but like that that's neither here or there fact of the matter is in dark world as much hate as it gets i i we both agree that's actually put more in the for- forefront those emotions that were kind of taken a back seat in the first one. Absolutely agree. I I don't know why this got pushed back. I don't know. It's because of the director, Alan Taylor, his approach and compared to Kenneth Branagh's approach to it. I will say this. I I will say it did have flaws, and and I think people focused on the flaws so much that that's why it got so much uh, backlash about it. What flaws were that? Well, for one, I'm like, this one's a minor one, but in some of the scenes, they look like the characters were more superimposed into the scenes, like that end scene where Thor's talking to Odin, who turns out to be Loki. The way he looked just didn't fit right when I was watching in like HD. You mean like a, what, was like a reshoot maybe? Maybe like a reshoot, but it wasn't good uh, for the recapture mm-hmm. of it. The Some people had issues with the storyline. I know when I first watched it originally and watching it now... One of the big things that always boggled my mind and still boggles my mind is the ether. Yes, it's a reality stone. No, it, it, it's a, a infinity stone, but they're like, it's the reality stone. But the way the ether worked and the way the ether used, A, number one, was nothing like how it was in the Infinity Wars film. And because he really didn't alter reality. It was like more casting a shade and like, mm-hmm. you know, casting darkness and absorbing light. And the ether was actually pretty sentient because it was bonded itself to Jane and absorbing right. her life force. 
in all honesty, it felt like it should have been, and I told you about this character, and I don't know if you ever caught about up, uh, up about it, but it felt like this was the thing that should have been for what we're getting in Love and Thunder. There is the Necrosword and the, uh, and the symbiotes are all part of Null, the symbiote god, and his force is like living darkness he made the symbiotes he was before all light in the universe right. it felt like they were taking that storyline and merging it into there watching it now and yeah. like combining them which marvel does so it feels out of place when you like this is the reality stone it did nothing reality like if it was a reality stone this guy should be more op rather than like thor comes in with a yeah. hammer hits him and then like like i didn't understand how the guy fought thor he had the stuff in him and then when he started using the ether, he grew to about three store, uh, three times his size. There was nothing that made sense about that. It, well, for me, it doesn't make sense that how is a, is a stone. It's like they almost <laughs> like they made it. Let's make it a stone. Let's make it part of that. Like it was it like it was his own. Right. It felt like it was more. It was his own thing. Exactly. Had no relation. So far in the Thor world, he. Not embodied, but he confronted or had like three stones. He had the Tesseract from Avengers, and then he had things that look he had in the scepter. Thank you. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't figure it out. There, he, and then he, he had this. that on Earth. No, I know, but I'm saying that's like it was or around all those three. True. Pretty much the same, not the same time, but three, you know, Captain America as well in the first Avenger one. I thought that the one from the first film. Where Loki is spraying the the cold the cold dust whatever, that was part of the Infinity Stones. Obviously, it wasn't. Oh, the Ark of Winters. I thought that could have been since it was solid because everything else was solid. Thinking back to it, the only time it really seemed to be solid was a uh, salad. It was solid was uh, when Thor tried to destroy the ether, and you see all these shards that look like shards of glass or gems that were red. And then they start reforming back into a liquid. It was like T-1000 frozen, but then it come back together. Exactly right. Yes. Theoretically, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a gem. And then it just shapes change. And that's why it's the reality you're reaching. But yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Right. It, like the pull us up together, it got solid. But then as soon as it got together, it, it was, was liquid. liquid or gas or what have you. It was, it was also um, organic. Or like you said before, what was the word you said before? When it was in Jane Foster, it was is sentient. Um, sentient, there you go. Which but also yeah. never explained, and this was the other thing, how is it Malekith was the only one that could literally control it? Uh, and I get um, Thanos mm -hmm. had to have the gauntlet, but mm -hmm. it literally lived. Um, now I sound like the guy from Parks and Rec. It literally lived. Uh <laughs> In Jane Foster, she was turning into practically a dark right. elf. You saw her eyes change and everything, but all it yeah. did was like defensively push people away. I would have been more impressed that like, hey, she could do like now she's getting powers on her own. Don't you think that okay when people were trying to grab her and it was like and the ether was defending itself, mm -hmm. don't you think it would have done the same thing if Thor was trying to hit? The elf exactly and the thing was i i was originally when i was re-watching it now i was like okay so it's defending itself because it sees all these other individuals as threats through mm -hmm. her eyes but it did not right. see thor as a threat 
But again, why does it not defend her against Malekith? Why does it like bend the knee, uh, to quote Game of Thrones? Mm -hmm. And why does it not defend Malekith against Thor? Why is Thor the one that can walk through it? He's like, oh, we can't get to him, but I can. How? How, Thor? So, yeah, I mean, there are some flaws, even though I, I do like it, but there is some flaws in that sense. It being a stone and that it defends itself one way, but not a viable threat in another. Mm-hmm. The other ones, it was just like a cop or a guard grabbing her, and it did damage. Mm-hmm. Even the like Asgardian nurses will grab her and like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Then Thor throwing a hammer at him and at it. He's like, all right. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, oh. Is, is there a moment that you enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, uh, there were a few moments I enjoyed. So I mentioned the one about when they're trying to escape, uh, and they mm-hmm. they steal the ship, which is a fun moment for me. I also kind of like the moment where they team up to fight Malekith, uh, Loki and Thor. So the moments between Loki and Thor were like highlights, but like, I don't think, and I could be wrong in the first Thor, you don't really see Loki actually do that much combat. You see him do like trickery and like stealth kills and stuff like that. But that one scene where he's surrounded by the elves and he gets to do his knife work. Mm-hmm. I thought that was actually really nice. Like how they like they show that he has some skill as a combatant. He's not all about tricks. He he can defend himself if he needs to. Exactly. Because so, it's shown also Frigga, she's a pretty badass too. Yes, she was. And then that that's true in the in the in the lore, at least in the Marvel lore, that she's like warrior queen. But I'm saying like you can see the connection, like since loki and her have a bond that she just didn't show him trickery or magic she also showed him how to defend himself or how to fight i would dare say like his fighting style is similar to hers too like when you see her fighting the the fluidity of her movements Mm -hmm. i like the 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 escape of the sense of the with the ships yes flying Mm -hmm. and all that was really good it was i mean i couldn't help but think of star wars it kind of had that feel to it with the tie fighters or with the tie with the well uh, i also tied the ship yeah tie fighters x-wings the ship moment with the actual escape the planning the going back and forth with the plan and how they are like Mm. actually executing Mm. i i call for me that was a all one fluid moment because it's like establishing that so kind of not oceans 11 but um and like yeah, you're kind of oceans lover. Yeah, you're, you're kind of you know, this is the plan, and this is what we're gonna do. And then as you're getting the rundown of the plan, they're actually performing it as it's going in. So you're not like having to recap uh, in that sense. Right. So for me, that was all a like a nice little highlight thing. I like Darcy. I like My- Darcy too. <laughs> She's uh, a fun I like character. Her. I like her. I like her for I like her for many reasons. But same. But yeah, yeah. I like the interaction between her and the other. Um, Dr. Silvic and her intern. So uh, probably the best interactions were like right around that end scene where she's being teleported and back and like back and forth. The little moments that happen with those, those were actually mm-hmm. like a little comical moments that, that were like, and I enjoyed it. What about you? Like I, I've named like three different things already. Like I said, I, I like the flight escape, but the whole thing I like the moment where Hemdell notices that there's an invasion or there's been uh and there's trespassers and he takes down the one spaceship all by himself he takes down the one right yeah he, even though he can't see it but he can see it mm-hmm. 
takes it down. He chases it. Then he's like, damn, there's like a whole bunch. And then he sees the mother ship. I mean, he's like, Ugh. also in the sense of the Loki series, he can see where like, because we see a flashback in the series to this point where if he just kept his mouth shut, his mother would have been alive. Yes. So, and he finds out later that she's, well, he doesn't know it yet. And it says, because that didn't happen in Loki. That's the Loki from the Avengers. Yeah. And that's the Loki from the variant from, Loki. From the Dark like War. Right. What I about- like the part where Thor has to go and order back into the realms. And then he has that same species from Ragnarok. And it's kind of like an Indiana Jones moment. He's like, I'll give you an opportunity to surrender. Right. But the beast is like flaunting and chest all out and blah, blah, blah. Thor just does one strike and takes him out. Uh, I will say this. Uh, So two cute scenes uh, that they put in. One was the train when he's fighting Malakath and he's going through all the different uh, dimensions and he has to take the subway. And... uh, uh, I don't know if you remember it, where he's like, how do I get back to this place? And he's like, take the train a couple stops and then get off. And he jumps on and the train moves and the girl that touches his chest, I believe that's his wife. The one from Fast and Furious. Well, no, that's... Oh, no, she so... is in Dark World. Ah, that is her. Okay. She has a, cre- a film credit. But the other scene uh, that I thought was clever... Remember when uh, Loki turns into Chris Evans? You know, you know that story, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, okay, good. So I think he was running late, right? Or they, uh, he was, uh, he was on his way, and Loki's like, uh, or Tom Hiddleston was, uh, we have time to kill. Let me try on the outfit and do it. So those lines were Tom Hiddleston like riffing and doing, and like, and, and they show a scene, a deleted scene, which is him actually walking, and they showed right, right. it to Chris Evans afterwards. And he just rolled and redid the entire thing that uh, Tom Hiddleston did, which was perfect. Which I, mm-hmm. I like that idea. If you're going to have someone impersonate someone else and they're in the film, have them do a role or two so you can get that vibe. I, I was like, that was spot on. Yeah, I didn't know he was running late. I just know that he, Tom wanted to try it. And I think Chris saw him do it uh, while he was filming. Well, I could be I wrong. Think. But, but like, I, I mean, if I remember correctly, they showed him the so, reel. Regardless that Chris did see it, he liked it, and then he used that to do the scene. Which mm-hmm. makes sense because then he, he he captures Loki's energy, Loki's movement, attitude. I do find it funny that the scene in the warehouse where the bottle or the shoe they're going through because the, the 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 convergence is happening. Yeah. That scene reminded me of a scene from the Matrix. Yes. From the Animatrix. There's a story there where kids are playing They're around. Playing they don't like a know. flaw in the Matrix, and it's causing weird abnormalities. Oddly enough, similar to what you're seeing in Dark World in that scene. Uh, minus in the Animatrix, they're floating at times. Where here it's just that shoe or keys or whatever brick, just looping back yeah. and forth. And then there's, of course, the only saves the world, and there's two end credit scenes. One leads into the Guardians of the Galaxy with, with the Collector. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is when all the lovey-dovey stuff. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. So the one with the Collector is the one that actually identifies the Ether as Infinity Gem. They're like one down, right. five to go, which no other point in the movie do they identify it as an Infinity Gem. Matter of fact, the right. Tesseract 
was announced as the Infinity Gem by them at that scene too. Now, the part with the lovey dovey, which I'm okay with, that's cool. But then when they bring in Avengers uh, Ultron, then you start questioning because like she's no longer in the picture. He's like, he's talking about her fondly, but you never see her. That was when like the whole con, I think it was the contract issue or whatever for um, possibly. Yeah, Natalie Portman. Uh, so like after that, like everybody's like, Thor, where's Jane? Jane's been out of the picture for a while, bro. So it's like one of those things after that. But at the end, I'm like, okay, cool. They want to have that scene. They have that scene. It's not a big deal like for me. But yeah, it was definitely overshadowed by the the gemstone. As a matter of fact, I personally thought they should have flipped the scenes, put that scene before the gemstone. Right. It would have made more sense and give a nice little tight closure with Thor and Jane. Yeah. And then he's like, you're like, oh, what's this at the end? I mean, this movie is pretty direct in a way that Odin sets it up of what's about to happen in the sense of what the elf, the dark elves and where they fall in place into the, into the story. Mm-hmm. When the ether gets reactivated, if you will, by going to uh, Jane Foster, that their ship also wakes up because they're like a beacon. Yeah. They're in hibernation. You're in hibernation just waiting for it to be found. Which I found kind of stupid, like, sir, so strong. He's like, well, hide it. I was like, but you should be able to destroy You guys are gods. You should be able to destroy it. By the end, it makes sense at the to- end when they re- announce as an infinity gem because you can't technically destroy an infinity gem. I think the infinity stone, I believe that was an afterthought. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not going to go and look for it. If, if anyone listening or watching, you can let us know if it was an afterthought or they had this all land for, for what it did and for what it's supposed to do it doesn't match yeah no i agree with that and like i said um uh, and probably when we uh watched love and thunder and you get to experience score the god butcher you'll probably be like yeah that that seems like it should have been there gore the god butcher was a storyline before uh king and black with null mm-hmm. so what gives gore the god butcher his power is the necro sword which is the weapon built mm-hmm. by King uh, Null. The similarities of how it's used and the attributes of it is like this. It's a, a sword, but it's like a symbiote. So it's a weapon, a symbiotic weapon. Nah, but not fully sentient. But basically, the uh, it's a weapon, but that's semi-sentient, not completely sentient in the comic. So mm-hmm. that's why I said this vibe feels like the weapon that should have been for Gore. Or that may be what they do with Gore. I'm interested to see how that happens in the movie when it comes out. And I'm probably going to be like, the ether was basically the same thing that we're going to see in Gore, the God Butcher, with with Love and Thunder. I could be wrong. We'll see what they do. So, okay, let's go for real quick with the ratings. Worth the watch for me? I would say it's worth the watch for me. I was uh, pleasantly surprised how it held up after so many years. Uh, Definitely worth, worth the own. If you're a collector of the Marvel stuff, I would own it. I do own it. I'm glad it still holds up because I do own it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's some movies I will not own Eternals or other ones like Black Widow. Those, those movies were expensive for a while. They hold value for a long time. Yeah. Like 25 bucks or such. And they go up that, every now and then. Not anymore because of Disney Plus. True. Yeah, I forgot about that. Since Disney Plus, and since all these movies can be seen there, the value of owning a hard copy of it is not as 
valuable as they used to be. If anything, I would say maybe like the ones that will be the most expensive are, of course, the 4Ks. Like if you get it remastered in 4K. Oh, that's, yeah. That's any though. That's yeah. pretty much any. All right. I think that's it. I don't think there's any more to discuss. Uh, looking at it now from after several years, this movie is better than remembered. Mm -hmm. Frigga was in a moment of the original Thor, right? Yeah. I mean, she was very underutilized. She was. Well, remember also that the majority of Thor was on was in New Mexico, was in, was on Earth. Yeah, true. And when he got banished, it just, the story just followed in the air. Here, it's more on Asgard. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, our next review. Hopefully, we get it done before Love and Thunder will be Ragnarok. Yeah, I think it's going to be an easy review on that too. All right, guys, that will be it for us on our marvelous review of Thor: The Dark World. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adan. Love you, bro. <laughs> Love you, too.